Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com/acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I fear talking about Maldives politics when I'm not in Malta because mm. it's such a heated debate. I don't think you can understand the extremity of stuff. You you see people with veins popping at their neck like it's huge. So I'm trying to like tiptoe around everything. But yeah, it's like I've seen friendships break. I've seen people fight. I've seen so many things. Mm. Hello and welcome to A Life in Dublin. Today I sat down with Debbie for a chat about her life here in the capital city and much more. We touch on topics like how we deal with boredom, running, healthy smartphone use, living an alcohol-free life in Dublin, cost of living in Ireland and the dreaded topic of politics both here in Ireland and in Malta. Deb has her own fantastic podcast based here in Dublin called Take Two with Deb Shaw. You can find a link to her podcast and to her social media in the description of this episode. Before we begin, a final thank you to those of you who have been listening and following the show. We really appreciate your support so much. And we get that you could be listening or watching to so many other things in this moment. But the fact that you're here with us means everything. And we'll try our best to keep making this podcast better and better for you. And now... Here's my conversation with Debbie. Happy Valentine's Day to you too. Yeah, look uh, at us. Yeah, <laughs> in a small darkened room. Yeah, uh, you know what? Well, I don't know. Do you celebrate it? 
No, no, no. Like, uh, I'm in a relationship, obviously. Like, we're nearing four years now. And it's just like, morning, pal. You know, here's <laughs> coffee. <laughs> you know, you're doing great stuff. You're amazing, man. Yeah. <laughs> I have a podcast and I see you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's good. I, yeah. I also, so myself, I'm, I'm still getting used to saying this, but myself and my, my fiance. Oh, uh, shit. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you very much. Um, We, yeah, we don't. But... We do market, but we're not one of these crazy yeah. people who get really stressed about like having to mm-hmm. give crazy gifts or anything like that. And also, we'd like we try and go out for we try and have a date night anyway yeah. during the week. Uh, but obviously, it would never be on Valentine's Day because so busy, so busy. The prices of things go up. You know what really annoys me as Tell well. Me. Um, I'm gonna hang them out to dry for this one. The prices of flowers in super value go up around Valentine's Day, and that annoys me. And I, I'm not actually sure you're allowed to do that. Um, and they're really filthy. Like, do you notice that the roses are ugly as well? Like, they're just brittle or whatever the fuck mm. you say. Like, they're slowly dying. Yeah. And you're like, I'm not paying 10 euros for <laughs> two. 10, 15 euros. Roses. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy prices. But... Uh, I've never really been big into the whole Valentine's Day thing, apart from maybe when I was like 16 years old, you know, your first ever relationship when you're like, oh, it's Valentine's mm. Day. And you're like, oh, I can't remember. I think my girlfriend at the time um, got me some links. <laughs> I don't know if that was like some kind of suggestion, <laughs> some deodorant, um, you know, like one of those nice boxes. Uh, I can't remember what I got her. I though. think that that's probably one of the worst gifts you can give people. <laughs> like I understand that deodorant spray deodorant smells lovely and stuff, but like at least a perfume. Like don't give a deodorant set and a body wash set. Yeah, it's true. It's so lazy. One of the gifts that is always I find disappointing. Not sorry, depends actually. Sometimes socks can seem like mm. a disappointing gift. Depends. And then, yeah, I've, I'm a big fan of like colorful socks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if somebody has gone out and got me some really cool socks, I, I actually, I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, 100%. Speaking of gifts, I got you something. Oh, wow. Yeah, I got, I got Almo something as well, so. Almo is still up in the trees. Oh, wow, what is this? Kinney. Yeah. Bittersweet refreshment. Mediterranean classic. Sponsor me instead. <laughs> it's um, tell me what this is. It's like Malta's Coca Cola. Wow, cool. Yeah. So if you want to give it a try, try it. I don't know if you'd like it. It's quite a polarizing drink. In fairness. Okay, we're gonna get nice. So let's see. I'll piss off I'll, it. I'll cheers with you. There you go. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's cheers. Day to podcasting. <laughs> Let's see. Verdict. I like it. Do you? It's, it's kind of like a mixture of, uh, and this is going to sound bad. Um, it's like a mixture of Coca-Cola and mouthwash. <laughs> In fact, it is orange flavor and aromatic herbs. So you, what you're probably tasting is the herbs. Genuinely, I, I like that because it, it really is refreshing. It's quite like Mediterranean though, isn't it? It's kind of like a non-alcoholic Aperol spritz. But we're in Dublin. Boom. You've just hit the nail on the non-alcoholic, head there. Non-alcoholic, yeah. It's like an Aperol spritz. Mm. Mm-hmm. 
I could definitely get behind this. Where did you get this? Um, my friend visited over the weekend and I'm like, bring Kinney. Oh, so you can't buy this here? Nah, no. <laughs> just, Unfortunately, yeah, just the like, export uh, market isn't the best. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, there might be a market for Kinney here if I, you know. Yeah. Recent, I think that I could sell Kinney to Dublin well, people. They've got a market of two now, me and you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start. <laughs> and Let's maybe go. the one person listening yeah. to this. <laughs> let, me leave, let me leave it out for Omo as well. Uh, Give he'll that be to him. with that. He'll be happy about that. Yeah. Um, how has everything been? How I... I we had a podcast, obviously, early January, and I mea culpa, I had to um, apologize to you, I think, last week, mm. because we screwed up the audio of it, and it was a good conversation, great conversation, but I just didn't think that it did the conversation justice. It was a good chat and Yeah, it was. It was great. We got into lots of topics that I found really interesting. There was a book that you recommended that I still haven't actually gotten around to, to reading or, or buying yet. Um, and I think it was Conversations with, with God, right? Mm. Uh, I can't remember the name of the author. Neil Donald Walsh. Neil Donald Walsh. But we got into all kinds of uh, deep and, and meaningful stuff. But And we will we'll probably end up going there again. Um, but there's one random question I wanted to ask you first. Oh, right. And this, this question came to us last night. Um, if there was a zombie apocalypse in Dublin, where would you go in Dublin? All right. So you can only go, let's say, by foot, but you can go anywhere in Dublin. Mm. Where would you go and why? Bull Island. Okay. Why? Because I can run there and the sand would slow the zombies down. Okay. And there would also be a massive, like there would be a shit ton of wind as well. That will also add to them being even slower. Okay. Plenty of places to hide. Ideally, send them onto the water because I'm assuming they can't swim. Oh, good choice. You know what's weird? What? I Zombies have... are in Bull Island. <laughs> no, that's my, well, was my exact choice as well. Feck off. I swear to God. No, yeah. you're bullshit. Like, it can't be that you chose Bull Island as well. I also, I grew up across the road from the Bull Island. Oh. So I guess it was, it was always kind of one of those things mm. that was in my head. Yeah. And I always thought, if you could block the causeway, which is the road, the physical road that's built down to the Bull Island, mm -hmm. and then somehow burn the wooden bridge. Mm-hmm. You've, yeah. you've, you've built yourself a nice little island yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, very burnable. Island. Very burnable, actually. <laughs> very flammable. Yeah, it probably is. Yeah, 100%. I still haven't swam in Bull Island. Yeah. It's like whenever I went, it's quite like seaweedy in the like sandy beach part. But I'm assuming it's... It had to do with the tide and stuff. I still haven't gotten that right. Weirdly enough, I still don't understand the tide because we don't have that back home. But mm. then I also know that you can kind of go on the other side. Aren't there like huts or like changing yeah, things or bathing something? bathing shelters. Bathing shelters. There you go. Have you swam there? Um, I have. Okay. Um, I've also swam on the beach, which, you know... I guess if you want to, like, depends. I don't know what you mean by swimming, but for me, swimming is getting into the water and getting out and again. And getting out, yeah. Um, so probably going off the wall, which is using the bathing shelters, is is because it's just like in out. Mm. Whereas, unless the tide is really high, there's a lot of walking on Dolly Mount. That's um, what I hate about swimming in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know how clean it is either. Yeah, um, it never gave me like a solid impression. I'll be on love the 
scenery and stuff. But whenever I went there, I'm like, I am not. Yeah. I think that water touched People me. like swimming off Port Marnock Beach. Yeah, yeah, went there. Such a fucking run to go get into the water, though. It's a hassle. It's, it's the same thing. Like, it's like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I would, I wish I knew how far it actually was. I understand that ideally you time it, right? But Jesus fucking Christ, it's like a 10 minute walk mm. just to go down to your knees. <laughs> yeah. It's, I'm not a great swimmer, so it suits me well. Oh. Uh, as soon as no. I'm like belly, belly in, I'm like dip the head <laughs> in and I'm in. out. Literally, um, you're just like crawling on your arms trying to get them. <laughs> exactly. Fucking hell. How do you, how do you manage to like keep? I'm not gonna say keep fit or stay in shape or anything like that, but mm. I think we spoke the last time as well. You know, doing these like little bits of exercise is important. Are you big into swimming around in, in the sea and stuff? Or no, no, <laughs> I'm too Mediterranean for that. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, in fairness, swimming wasn't like a massive thing for me I've never been much to swim even back home in saying that though I have taken up running a little bit mm. so a little bit to Jesus like I'm training for the Dublin Marathon in October wow, so okay yeah that's not going well but like it's going mm. yeah um so I'm running and then you know the gym I've got the dog so I'm walking her and stuff so I try my hardest to like Stay intact, you know. Are you following some kind of um, training program for the marathon? I tried to, and I'm trying to. But the thing that I'm struggling with right now, so if anyone is a personal trainer, just like hop in my DMs. The one thing I'm struggling with is finding a good plan that mixes marathon training with the gym. Mm. Because I know that I really need to strengthen my body and not just run a lot. Especially because I'm so busy all the time. It's like, I know I have to accumulate the kilometers and all that until then. But I don't. I need to avoid injury at all costs. And I yeah, know that that comes with strengthening. Would you believe it's really bloody hard to find a free plan online? like Or just those YouTubers that do everything. Mm. They don't share. Mm. They That's don't share they much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fair, you know. It's uh, the hybrid athlete life is kind of like what I'm trying to go for minus the athlete you know just casual um a friend of mine signed me up to do the Dublin half marathon okay uh, sorry it's not the Dublin half marathon I think it's the one in, it's the one in Clontarf which I think is the Joe Duffy mm. 15 or whatever it is I, I, I don't know was I, that the one in November yeah, so maybe it's not that one. All I know is I'm doing something in July uh, okay, that involves okay. me running 21 or 22 kilometers, whatever it is. Um, and he sent me this training program, which um, I'll tell you what, I'll send it to you afterwards and I'll put it maybe a link just for anybody who's listening to this and it's like, oh, what the hell is he talking about? I can't remember what the name of the guy is. Um, and I haven't actually started following the training program yet. I'm just kind of postponing it for as long as possible. But my friend said it's a very good way because it's very um, it, it, gradual. Mm. Um, and it does involve one day of doing some other type of training. Yeah. So maybe that could be where you fit in your, your day in the, in the gym or whatever. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, I think doing all of the, like... Especially, like, I'm not old or anything, but, you know, 33, I'm not 23 anymore. I think if I'm to do this type of thing, I have to be, you have to be more disciplined. So you have to be kind of be more careful of what you eat and drink. Yeah. Um, 
you have to do your stretches before and after because if you are going to run for that you know quantity like that many times per week and try and get that many kilometers in then doing something a little bit wrong a lot will end up lead like leading you to uh, an injury exactly that's and i've also been struggling with as soon as the kilometer count starts to go up a notch i think i need to figure out the timing of everything right so like the one thing that i'm not the best at is structure so i get everything done but it's all just like what they do you know and like that's how I kind of strive in a way, but I know I need to get into a routine. But then it's really tough because you go, oh, I need to run eight kilometers today. And it's like, where the fuck am I going to fit in eight kilometers? Yeah. You know, it's the getting ready. It's the stretching. It's going. You're not feeling good because you probably didn't eat right. So you're going slow and you're fatigued. And sometimes I and. Of course, running is a real mental thing, but then you also get bored. Yeah. <laughs> So you're bored, impatient, and you have shit to do. Yeah. And yet you're out in the middle of buttfuck nowhere running. Yeah. And not that good at it either. So it's, uh, so that's like the one thing that I really need to figure out. Is <laughs> do you get bored easily? I get bored very easily. Mm. Very easily. Um, I don't know what it is, but... Uh, a lot of things intrigue me, but if it's not going the way I want it to go, I'm out. Yeah. Um, it's something that I think I have a little bit as well. And I, I, I'm i trying to work on it, actually. And those those moments of be, like running, I, I'll have the same thing, you know, where mm. you're getting bored or, or doing any thing that, that might happen where it's boring. Um, driving on long roads for example, your motorways and I get so bored. Um, I'm trying to like be more okay with that because I think that feeling of boredom, mm. like I think it can, like nothing is positive or negative. It can be really positive in many aspects and encouraging you to do new things and seek new challenges and all this kind of stuff. But sometimes you have to be able to put up with the boredom, you know, just because something is boring doesn't mean it's not good for you. Yes. Um, I think it's where the boredom meets the patience is where growth happens. Yeah. Where the boredom... So, like, let's keep the same example of the running thing. The reason why I got bored and then angry was because I still had so much more to do. So I was trying to rush something that could not be rushed. Yeah. You know? So then I couldn't even enjoy the moment. It was just like, I need to be home because I need to do X, Y, and Z and I have so much to do. But then, yeah, like 100%, I do think that boredom should be embraced. I also think that we're living at a time where we're not even bored, although Mm. we are bored. But like we have these dopamine, these negative dopamine machines that are constantly trying to get our attention so we're no longer looking at the ceiling yeah trying to figure out what's gonna happen Mm. you know i feel like we're not even standing up to go to the fridge because we're bored anymore (laughs) you know because we're just like constantly being entertained i've been trying to work on that though do you do any kind of digital detox stuff uh no i wish i can yeah i think when it's i've considered it and I think that when it's your job, it's really tough to like. Yeah. 
not do I've considered even like removing social media apps on my phone but then it's like that's where my clients are as well yeah. like there's only so much that I can do so I tried to be a little bit easy on myself in regards to that if that makes sense yeah the one thing I tried though is that during the weekend I'm a little bit less on my phone unless I'm working unless I'm editing or something how do you like manage that I say that I ask that because uh, one thing I often say to myself is Mark spend less time on your phone less time on your phone mm. and then I keep saying that sentence to myself and nothing ever actually materializes from mm -hmm. it unless I make a proactive practical plan which might be something like between the time of you know three and five airplane mode on mm -hmm. the phone and then that just kind of makes me disconnect from it a little bit exactly um i don't know if you do anything like that or, or do you have the ability to just put it in the corner and, and leave it there so the garment so like a smart watch really helped because that means that i could put my phone away and still get notified about important things okay so mm. that was like one thing that has like helped a bit especially when it comes to whatsapp that sort of thing muting notifications and then also, it's going to sound really bad. I've made the voice that's judging myself slightly louder in such a way that it helps me. So then it's kind of like the the voice is quite critiquing, but also like, come on, Deb, you're better than this. Come on, Deb, stop it. Mm. You know? And then that I go like, yeah, I've been on that for a long time. And I put it away out of fear of judging myself later on does mm. that make sense yeah so it's kind of like a future debbie so i'm trying to be present in the moment but also present in the future moment where i go like all right i can't change the past and the fact that i've been doom scrolling for 10 minutes did i get anything away from it a lot of the time when i am on social media i do get a lot away with it away from it because i would have gotten maybe a new content idea, different, like I learned a new way how to edit a clip. So most of the time, yeah, it does help. A lot of the time, no. So I can't change the fact that I have been doing that for the past 10. What am I going to do now? Am I going to keep scrolling or not? Mm, yeah. And then I make that decision and like move accordingly. Yeah. I think the most important thing is just to be able to recognize that that's what you're doing in the moment. Yeah. Like, so just... Like if you are scrolling, just to realize, listen, I'm sitting here scrolling when potentially I could be making my dinner now. And that's like, the, that's the silly stuff for me. Mm. It's like you end up on your phone at times when you, you could be doing stuff to like actually make you, you know, happier in, in the moment, which yeah. could be like start cooking now. And then by the time you're hungry, you'll be eating. Whereas yeah. if you spend an extra 15, 20 minutes, you're going to be hungry while you're cooking. And it's just going to make you a little bit crankier. Mm. Um, and it's it's nothing. These are not big problems. But I, I just find the phone can be a little bit, I think the word is a nuisance sometimes. Um, it's incredibly, like, let's let's call it what it is, like phones and technology and Wi-Fi and internet and podcasts and YouTube and all of this stuff is just brilliant. And, like, all of the stuff you can learn and get from, you know, for free online mm. these days is unbelievable. Yeah, that's the beauty of it, though. And I think I started to judge myself a lot less 
when I started to do more with social media. Yeah. I started to meet people physically. I started to yeah. reach out to them. I started to have good conversations. And that's when I went, okay, uh, like I can use it as a tool. Yeah. I know what to do now. I can use it as inspiration, education, entertainment, but I want to be part of it, you know? So that's like the really good thing. Something that's really handy as well is linking things. I think it comes from Atomic Habits. He might have taken it from somewhere else, but it's like starting really, really small. When I'm cooking, I'm not on my phone. If I need to look at a recipe, I've got my laptop, I've got my iPad, that sort of thing. So then you just start going step by step. Okay, cooking without a phone. Then what else can I do without a phone? Can I go on a walk with my dog without a phone? Let's try it. Not without a phone. That phone is, I feel unsafe without a phone, fairly, but just not being Mm -hmm. on it. Yeah. And then also giving myself those little rewards so that I'm not constantly craving it. Okay. So, So if I feel the need like rather than constantly punishing myself and judging myself because I want to be on my phone or I've been on my phone and all that, give yourself 10 minutes. Mm. You need a break. Mm. You need it. After 90 minutes, you've been at your desk this whole time. You probably need a break. Go do Mm. that. Go respond to your DMs. Go check your notifications. Yeah. And once you're done, let's get back at it. Yeah. What's so wrong with that? Isn't that the same as a cigarette break? (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. Um, uh, like I always, when people mention cigarette breaks, I always have this memory that comes to my mind of a friend of mine. Um, and in fairness to the guy, I called him, he was a hipster before it was cool to be hipsters, okay. or, right? Or to be a hipster. He was into like speciality coffee in Ireland way before anybody else. He had barefoot running shoes way uh. before anybody else. He's just one of these... Um, I don't know if he was following someone or, or whatever, probably in the States and was kind of jumping on these trends way before they became popular here. It was West before the West arrived. Yeah, but he he, was, he must have made me laugh so much because he's like, you know, everyone in my work, they're like half the office, they go out for a cigarette break. And I was like, that's not fair. You know, it takes me ages to make my, my coffee, so... He had like this grinder for his uh, his coffee beans. So he's like, when everyone's outside, I go outside as well and I start grinding my beans. <laughs> as you fucking should. I could just imagine the looks he was getting. Um, like this is back in like 2000, probably 10, 11 or something. No. Yeah. No, that's um, ballsy. But in fairness, as he should. Of course. The yeah. best way. My power to him. I, I don't smoke, but the best way to make friends is just pick up a packet of cigarettes and go out to smoke, especially when you start a new job or something. Yeah. Let, or if not, get a lighter. Well, speaking of smoking and all that kind of stuff, and I just, I don't, the I don't smoke. I mean, sometimes I, I have to admit I do um, do what's that called? Social smoking or social drinking. Yeah, the social, social smoking. Yeah, 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 yeah. No judgment. The price either. of cigarettes is just ridiculous i had a, you know a pint in my local pub the other day as well it cost me 650 for a pint of guinness um prices are going like i know we've all been hearing things about inflation and uh, potential recessions and all this kind of stuff but i went off the drink in january for for a dry january i probably saved i saved so much money 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm thinking about I'm thinking about taking up kinney now full time and no longer investing <laughs> yeah. or spending money on alcohol. I did dry January and I haven't touched a drink since. Good, good for you. No, in fairness, it's only been two weeks, but <laughs> like after dry January, I enjoyed the money saving. Yeah, I enjoyed the health aspect to it as well. Mm. And it's not even that I was a big drinker or anything, but it's just like yeah, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed at myself that like I haven't done it for a a good few days. And weirdly enough, I was like, that's strange. How do I not know my adult life without a pint, mm. you know, or just yeah. a drink? Like I didn't know that even as a casual drinker, it was still such a massive part of my life. Yeah. So how are you filling that void or what are you filling it with? Work. <laughs> Okay. Um, but besides that, I think, I don't know, just I haven't done anything much. In fairness, for context, this is obviously it's Valentine's Day. January, are, there aren't that many people going out. Yeah. Because money, Christmas, like obviously yeah. it's quite expensive and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't purposely change it up with stuff. But I don't know, I just don't go out at night or just like sparkling water. I haven't gone out to a club yet or just a party. Yeah. I haven't done that. So I do know maybe I have been avoiding it. You know, I have been avoiding the temptation, but. Yeah, it's like it is such a big part of Irish culture. Mm. Uh, It's hard to get away from it. Um, And don't get me wrong. I like it as much as the, the next person. It's just a little bit like you said. You're so for me anyway. I'm so much more productive, and my, uh, my let's just say my job really does depend on my end product. So I'm I'm not like I get paid versus on how well I do and how much I produce and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, it's not. I don't work in the type of job where you can go in and like have a crap month and still get the same wage at the end of the month. Um, so that is quite important that I'm clear-headed and all that kind of stuff. And it just takes a big... like I, I Maybe I went a little bit too healthy in January. Mm. So, you know, I was having a nice healthy lunch and then just fish and soup for dinner every day. And then what happened was, I think I got to the 3rd of February. It was feeling great, obviously. Levels of anxiety at an all-time low um you know it's so it's so related to oh my to, God. to alcohol but um and i actually don't think it's necessarily alcohol it's the quality of sleep that you get for me uh, my levels of anxiety go up with it exactly well. like, it's everything that goes it. around with it i had a whole weekend of eating shit without the drink just eating chinese and supermax and all that kind of stuff and I felt like ass mm. come Sunday evening. You know, it's the f- it's the entire thing. It's not just the alcohol that's... It's not alcohol that's the problem. If you have one pint, you're not going to... Yeah, of course. You're not going to struggle or anything like that. It's more just the element of it, the sleep, the loud noise, the going out late at night, the food you're eating. Yeah. And everything, like, going up. Yeah. Um, anyway, 3rd of February came along. Um, and I went to watch the rugby with a friend, had a few beers. And he had some whiskey in the house. So we had a couple of glasses of whiskey. Then we went to the pub after. I had like over 
over a long period of time. Mm. But I didn't consume a huge amount of alcohol. Like it sounds like I'm describing a lot, but like I had maybe three bottles of beer during the match, which is not that much. No. Um, and then maybe we had a glass of whiskey after, and then we went to the pub, had a few pints, and then I had a dinner in an Italian restaurant, which was obviously it was amazing, like ravioli, like really kind of lots of rich sauce and stuff like that. Mm. The next day, I died a death. You know, I always say that if you weren't hung over, if you didn't hadn't drank alcohol, you would actually think you're dying. Yeah. Um, I had a podcast planned at half nine in the morning. I got sick in the toilet at quarter past nine. I was like, I can't do this. I like this is it's not going to be a good podcast. I don't want to like disrespect the person that I'm doing it with because I was trying. I was trying so hard. I was downstairs like in my house. It was going to be over Zoom. I was like doing like deep breathing exercises <laughs> to try and like get the sickness away. And then that just yeah. ended up in me vomiting in the toilet. <laughs> I then, know it's so true. Why did they say treat, breathe deeply yeah. when you're at, like your stomach is ready to explode? Yeah. Then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you end up playing catch up because of everything mm. that you weren't able to get done. 100%. Um, and then that leads to obviously higher levels of stress. Um, now, for people who are listening, they're just going, just drink less, you idiot. Um, and yeah, that's what I'm trying to do now. Exactly. But going back to what the original kind of conversation started around was the price of like a pint. I, I'm not going to give up drink because of for health reasons or anything like that. It's just at the moment, I need to save a little bit of money. Yeah. And that is a huge burning, a huge hole in my pocket. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. I'm going back to the thinking of the days of like drinking at home, you know, which is what I used to do in college you know, because I grew up in a recession. Mm. Um, drinking at home, not going out for dinners or, you know, like it's, it's that sort of stuff. It's just the prices yeah. are, are crazy. Sometimes you're better off just delivering stuff or just getting those pints and bringing them at home, like small cans and stuff. Yeah, I think it is tough, eh? especially the the way prices are and stuff and whatnot coffees have meeting up for a coffee rather than a pint has helped quite a bit yeah or even just meet up with your friends and don't order the pint i think a lot of companies obviously there's a lot more that's happening but at the end of the day it's like if the demand goes down then every, like I, i'm assuming then it will start like to go down as well yeah. you know the prices and I think sometimes it's not like boycott pints, but if a bar or a pub starts to notice that their orders are like dwindling down a bit, they will act. People act by ma- people make decisions dependent on money at the end of the day. Yeah. Obviously, they have to cover costs and stuff. Yeah. So you do get it. But then I do think there is a little bit of a snowball effect in that. Mm. Yeah. Do you think it's it's something that maybe for you personally or for, you know, people in general in Ireland would make them think of, of, of leaving Ireland? Ah, it's so difficult. I see, I see why they're going. Yeah. I completely see it. I think especially the housing situation and the fact that right now, not I can't say we because I'm not Irish, but they're a very skilled population. But they're not getting paid their mm. worth, mm. you know. So you're looking at having a master's degree 
and you're you might be looking at twenty seven to twenty eight thousand a year. Mm. Or if you go into tech, then that's a completely different story. Mm. That's basically it. Um, so yeah, then they're their understanding of it is if I'm still living at home, if I'm not making that much money, if I can't enjoy my life because pints are expensive, my my friends are all leaving and whatnot. Yeah, the quality of life in every aspect when it comes to social, when it comes to mental and physical will go down. Mm. So they're moving to Australia so that at least they get that side of yeah. stuff, you know. So I do get that. I think it's a pity that the government isn't doing much on it. And I don't sound really bad, but there's a part of me that wishes to tell the people that the young people that are moving away to at least come back to vote. Mm. The reason why I'm not saying that that's the sole reason why the government isn't doing anything, but the reason why the politicians aren't particularly alarmed is because the people that will vote for them are staying here because they're 14, 50 plus. Yeah. Yeah. And I think voting, I'm not saying that voting is a massive issue in Ireland, but sometimes I, I have heard of plenty of cases that you're based in Dublin, you were born and raised in Donegal, and you're not changing your voting like card or whatever. Yeah. That, say, that says that you're based in Dublin. Mm. So then you're just not voting because you're not going to travel back to your home county for one day. Yeah. Fair enough. I do get it. Yeah. But you're also just not voting. So mm. I think that I'm not... Again, I really want to make sure that people don't come across this as me saying that young people are at fault whatsoever. That's not the case. I just wish that there is a louder voice as well alarming people yeah into action you yeah. leaving isn't action enough yeah i think if anything that we have we should have learned from the last 10 or 15 years um is how important politics actually is um and how much of a difference it can make and i think we had a little bit of a golden period for a while maybe um just off the top of my head, you could say through the through the nineties and or maybe mid nineties to the maybe you know middle of the first decade of the twenty first century. Mm. Um, there was this kind of golden time where there wasn't the huge issues or, or, or you know in most let's say European and countries and maybe North American countries and Australian places like this, and then some things like. Brexit has happened and, you know, various other things, which were obviously, you know, these things came about from the decisions of politicians. I'm not saying that this couldn't have happened if people were paying more attention to it, but I feel like people, you know, my, myself included, um, in the past didn't care enough about politics. It was boring. And now I realize politics should be boring, man. That's like so important for it. I want all of, my, you know, I don't want any like crazy eccentric characters in in places, you know, of power and, and in government and the likes of Trump and Boris Johnson and all these types of people. popularity contest now. Yeah. And 
it's really important that I think that everything is balanced and you have two sides that can clearly communicate and communicate well with each other. Um, You're asking for a lot. <laughs> yeah, I guess I am. Communication. Yeah. Yeah. Look, as in politics, I understand what you're saying. Politics should be boring. And I do agree with that because they mostly deal with boring stuff. Mm. Politics should be interesting in a in a way though that the people like the general population that is normally intimidated by engaging in political discussions should be intrigued and want to participate mm. that's the issue the people that talk about politics always talk about it in such a massive and important way and they're using all this vocabulary and fair enough you're a political genius. Your message is landing on the wrong ears or in the wrong ears. Sorry, I paused because I didn't know the exact English word to use. But what I mean by that is those that are interested in politics mm. are going to be doing their own research and have the skills and the know-how to do, to do the due diligence and figure out the best way to vote for themselves because they have that skill set and they have that interest already. Mm. If you are a political commentator, you do not want to be talking to them. You want to be talking to the people that are scared to engage in political discussion because they fear looking stupid. Mm. And so many people fear that, mm. which is completely fair. Because how often would you hear, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know about this, you know, and then they go on their phone and they dwindle away and they're scared of looking stupid. Probably because someone told them, why do you not know about this? This is basic stuff. Yeah. There is that judgment there. Yeah. Dumb it down. Make it mm. simple, you know. Make it more engaging. Make it more engaging. Make it effective in such a way that listen if you do if you do nothing this will happen if you do something this will happen what is this something if you vote for this person that will happen most likely and talk about it in like an interesting way there is such a potential when it comes to politics and talking about it in like just simple man's terms yeah you know it's it, it doesn't need to be that complicated in my opinion and they complicated to push people away and then they act on emotions. Yeah, or I don't think even necessarily sometimes it's complicated. I think I think people just don't trust it and with, with and that, Fair that's enough. absolutely justified because come election time there's just so much bullshit being spouted around by by politicians about what they can do and what they can do for you and the community etc. and 95% of it never happens and that might not, not always the fault of the politician they might genuinely make an effort to change things but can't for bureaucratic reasons or whatever it might be mm. um, but I think you know that is a big part of it people just feel like so oh, it doesn't matter even if they say they're going to do this they're not going to do it anyway they say yeah. they're going to do that not going to do it anyway Um I just don't care. There doesn't seem to be any accountability for this either. You know, if they don't end up doing that, well, you know, vote with your feet or whatever like that. Mm. Or what's that expression where you're, you're like, OK, you're not going to vote for them the next time. But, you know, that's they're in power then for whatever amount of time it is. And it's so unfortunate, honestly, like 
I completely agree with you. And I think it's... So, for instance, I don't go to protests. Mm. I I understand them. Mm. And I have literally no... Like, I get it. I get it. But then I'm like, I have never seen change, man, when it comes to protests. Mm. In my lifetime, for now, mm. I I also wasn't in Ireland when they were trying to plead the eighth. Repeal the eighth. Repeal yeah. the eighth. There you go. Plead the fifth. Like, a, <laughs> So I wasn't here for that. Yeah. But uh, I still haven't seen any protests, like, see a massive change in anything. Mm. So for me, it's more just like play their game. Mm. A very simple example, which is not politics, but it is somewhat bureaucratic, is a week ago, Eddie Hearn went out on Ariel Helwani's podcast saying that he couldn't get to Croke Park for Katie Taylor. Mm. What were all the Irish national news? And we saw the GAA come out and make a statement and the Irish government make a statement and Croke Park make a statement. God bless Mm. How quickly they could act and talk. Mm. Media. Mm. Yeah. You know, but like use it. Eddie Hearn has a brain in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Conor McGregor came forward. <laughs> yeah. 500 grand in his Five, uh, back pocket. You know, but that's it. That's mm. it. Just is if you're going to go after them, go for their reputation. Yeah. You know, they're si- they stay silent because they always, they always, sorry, I want to make sure I remove they. Political parties, politicians and these type of systems usually stay silent because they say, you they or they think that you do not have the balls to do anything. Mm. Yeah. Do something. Speak yeah. up. Yeah. If someone screwed you over, just... Screenshot, upload. Yeah, Twitter. Twitter, Twitter, whatever. Look, it just needs the right people at the right time and you need to stand for something, right? And something will come through. Well, That's what I think. The point about media is, I've, I've also now realized how incredibly powerful media is. I mean, I think we probably should have learned about that or you media did learn about it in history and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. But, and then how you know, governments can control media or manipulate media mm. and things like this. Um, like, I don't think it is. Well, thankfully in Ireland, I think, you know, for the most part, like RT has a fairly balanced argument most of the time, but, you know, not all the time also. Um, and then, you know, in more extreme regimes, obviously the media can completely dictate the... Um, the zeitgeist of a mm. nation. Yes. Uh, and I, you could see that during COVID as well. Like, just we were bombarded with things during during the pandemic. Um, and we all consumed it happily. My, well, I did anyway. Happily, I take that word back. Uh, <laughs> but I consumed it anyway in, in some emotional state. But, like, the power of the media and how, like, is it is it more powerful than, than a government? It... The media is is or media in general is the voice of nowadays, especially it's the voice of of a community, it's the voice of of a culture of whatever is happening, and um, whatever's coming up on your phone on Instagram or TikTok or Twitter or whatever you're watching YouTube, um, 
yeah, it, I don't really, I don't really have a point on this. I'm just thinking it's 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 crazy how important it is. It's a weapon. Yes, media is a weapon, and acknowledging the the lengths that it can go to mm. is overwhelming at times, but it's good to know. Yeah. And I think people sometimes think that they are above that. Yeah. And that's where they get nipped in the ass. Yeah. You know? Well, the first time I realized it properly was when it was Brexit and Trump, basically. Mm. And all Those of the two. media that I was consuming was like, Brexit's never going to happen. Uh, Trump's never going to get into power. And then lo and behold, both of those things happened. And then I realized, well, the media that I'm consuming is, I didn't realize it's all just on this one side, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like I was reading articles from the Guardian newspaper. I, whatever stuff, because at the time Facebook was much bigger than it is now. People still posted stuff on Facebook. Like everything that was popping up to me there was all, on, you know, echo chamber stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't realize that stupidly at the time. Uh, and then I tried to make an effort subsequently to find things that might be on the other side of politics, which I don't normally or wasn't consuming, just so that you have a balanced argument. You want to be able to see the full picture because... You want to. And I think you can also learn, and that's something that we're kind of, we're not circling back, but it's an important point. You know where I said that sometimes people need to figure out how to dumb it down so that the general population, like those that feel intimidated to partake in the discussions can. Sometimes the best, the most effective messaging that works are the most like simple stuff where you go, what the fuck did they just say? What's that article? Mm. What's that? But that's you. Yeah. Someone else without without um, making fun of their IQ, without making fun of anything, you don't know what they've been through in their whole life and who they're surrounded by, that works on them. Mm. And how are media companies, the likes of The Guardian, the likes of those trying to put out as much research and accurate information as possible, how can they, what's the word, translate it in such a way that it helps and uh, is read by people that are curious, but also don't know that fucking jargon. Mm. Do you need to know the jargon of everything when it comes to politics? Mm. No. Talk about it in a simple way. Keep it fucking easy, man. Some people are geniuses at that, though. Whoever was involved or responsible for Trump's political campaign, like (laughs) four, four words, make America great again. Boom. That is... Like, that's actually genius. It's amazing. And stick and it on a cap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and also, the thing is, is that they, it's going to sound bad, they were ballsy enough to go, yeah, we're doing that, yeah. you know? Versus, I'm sure someone said, but we're smarter than that. Let's make something more that, no, let's keep it simple. Access to all. Yeah. And that's what he got right. Also, the media thought that they were smarter when in reality, they got nipped by themselves because mm. all they did was show him fooling around and all that. Yeah. And it also landed on ears that were like, you know what? I actually prefer him to Clinton. He's different, yeah. He's different. American, he's a billionaire. Yada, yada, yada. 
Um, I think a big part of that is actually coming back to what we said earlier on, though, about, you know, I'm not interested or I'm not engaged in politics because these guys, they lie and it always comes, you know, nothing ever happens. I they, they make all of these promises and nothing ever materializes from it. Mm-hmm. And then here's this absolute wild card. And you're like, maybe he'll actually do the stuff. I think that was a big thing of it. Like, I think yeah, that was yeah. a lot of a lot of people like maybe you obviously have the extremes, but whatever like aspect of the middle center of central politics that ended up voting for him was yes, probably yes. because they were like, come on, let's just give this. Let's just see if anything yeah. actually happens. Exactly. Because people don't trust the other side. You know, they trust someone that goes, you know what? I'd rather have someone say it as it is mm. and I know where they stand rather than the latter. Yeah. Which, in fairness, I do get. Yeah. Would you rather sit at the table with someone that has snake-like tendencies or someone that tells you, listen, mate, you fucked up over there. We're not going to do this because of X, Y, Z. Here's the way forward. Or would you rather sit with someone that goes, yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah. You know, of course. No, cut the bullshit. Yeah. That's what you need. Mm. No bullshit. Why the fuck did we end up on this? <laughs> I don't know. Um... What's politics like in, in, in Molotov? It's a political situation. It's there. a dual party system. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's very divided. And we've got the Nationalist Party and the Labour Party. And it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of like, depending on what family you were born into, it becomes your identity. And the way politics sort of runs is they have the likes of mass parties or mass meetings, they're called. Okay. Where they full on look like festivals and the politicians go around town and it's kind of just a moment for you to just shout and party and drink and whatnot and have like massive concerts. Let me show you. Okay. Um, because it's an identity, if that makes sense. Sorry, I don't mean to be on my phone. No, it's okay. But like, I'm, I'm trying to understand. Like, it's so these are like political gatherings or, or or like festivals, as you say, organized by wow. And that's where they have like the motivational speeches and all that kind of stuff. All right. So yeah, and each each individual party has. Mm-hmm. One of these. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes there have been cases. So that would be the blue is the nationalist, the white or the red is the Labour Party. Okay. And you're just going out with your flags. All right. And like, how does that work in terms of, you know, for, I, I don't know, it's weird because I I grew up and for whatever reason, um, we didn't talk about politics in the house. Mm. It was kind of like not a banned topic. Mm-hmm. Obviously, every now and then we would talk about it. In fairness, I was really impressed when I moved to Ireland and I had my first job. It would have been 2019, I believe. And I just found out the next day that the, like you guys had your election. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is like I did not hear mm. about it in the office, in friend groups. Yeah. All that sort of stuff. I was like, back home, there are some people not talking to others in the office. You know what I mean? Like it's a... Oh, so that was going to be my question. Mm. So 
you have these like massive festival things and I've got my blue shirt on, you've got your red shirt on mm -hmm. and then we're in work the next day. Is that an issue? It's not an as dramatic of an issue. A lot of the times people go, you're stupid or whatever. Like I believe that you're stupid. You believe that I'm <laughs> stupid. Like let's let's park it there and not discuss politics whatsoever. Okay. Um, there have been like very heated situations and stuff. I remember being baffled. Look, the issue is, is like the reason why I'm stuttering a lot is because I fear talking about politics. I fear talking about Maltese politics when I'm not in Malta because mm. it's such a heated debate. I don't think you can understand the extremity of stuff. You You see people with veins popping at their neck like it's huge. So I'm trying to like tiptoe around everything. But yeah, it's like I've seen friendships break. I've seen people fight. I've seen so many things. Mm. And I think the toughest thing Sad. for me, it's very tough. I think the toughest thing for me, though, was trying to talk to people. I've always been a very like middle grounded person and I always want to entertain stuff. I, I don't know. It's just fun. The toughest thing for me, though, was sitting down during election time with people, hearing them talk about their party as if it's religion. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. it's that sort of thing. And that was the toughest from both parties. It was very much like, no, they are. This person is wrong. because And you're just like, whoa, man. Mm. Like, you don't see the wrong that your party did and the right stuff. And vice versa. Yeah. It's completely divided. I think the worst I was at mentally in Malta was during the election. Mm. Especially because of the way the campaigns ran out and stuff. Not because of who won or whatnot. It was literally the pity that it was just um, dual. It was a dual party thing, you know. Yeah. My my religion is better than yours. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah, it's, it's kind of sad. It's very, um, very sad. When it leads to, you know, breakdowns, relationships and things like that. And mm. yeah, it almost it's not really serving the purpose of politics right? the whole point of politics is that we can talk about these things and work it out. Not that yeah. we're divided so much that I'm right and you're wrong. Mm. What it should be is I think I'm right, but let's hear what you have to say about it. And let's figure it out, you know, yeah. it's, uh, unfortunately, as well, there are other smaller parties that try and and I'm sure it is in Ireland as well. You've got people before profit. There mm. are quite a few parties as well that they have very good solutions. But then it's like, are you going to get the votes? though? Yeah, are you going to get the votes? And, and um, you know, at times putting out political agendas that are just not achievable, you know, also is is something that you have to take into account at times. I'm not saying that about people before profit. Mm. Um, but that kind of um, oh, what is what's it called? Populist politics, like saying things just for the sake of of making people emotional. A, a little bit what you said, like engaging them. There's the danger of like politics becoming engaging and emotional. Mm. Is that it? Then is becoming perhaps unrealistic. Mm. I, that's why I, I I really hope that we can 
go back to being grey and boring soon enough and that people are happy with that and somehow interact with it and communicate with it. That would be the, the perfect yeah. world. But, but the moment that money and power came into it, I think, I don't think we can ever go back. It's more just what can we do moving forward? Does that make sense? Yeah. Like what I found so impressive was that uh, the British guy, the former health minister in the UK, what's his name? I forgot. He's part of Boris Johnson's team that was caught cheating on camera. Mm. And he was the guy talking about social distancing, Matt something. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember him, yeah. And he was caught cheating on his wife with his (laughs) assistant or secretary and stuff. Obviously, he resigned and whatnot. One year later or two, he's on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, (laughs) promoting his book. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. That's the situation we're in. And I was listening to a podcast today as well. It's like these presidents, you know, these American presidents as well. They're not on much throughout the year. I think it's around 400K salary or whatnot. But then look at the deals that you're getting afterwards. The books you're selling out, the documentaries, the speeches that you're giving. It's about that afterwards. And that's the same for politicians. Yeah, I'm sure there is a little bit of an aspect of like, let me see how I can help and whatnot. Mm. But it is, it's the money that comes afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the fame that you get. Yeah. You know, I'm sure I'm sure that there will be a few key politicians Let's put it that way. Yeah. I talk shit about everyone on my podcast, but I don't like drive you under the bus either <laughs> or drag you down. That's basically it. I'm trying to be careful. I make fun of one politician in particular. And I know for a fact that once he's done, book is going to be released. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I imagine I know you're <laughs> <about>. <laughs> The book will be released for yeah. sure. I don't think it will sell well, but it will release. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they should all, you know, politicians in general and people should all get around a table and have a, um, a bottle of this Kinney stuff because... And it, I'll drag I've, them I've all I've finished it. I'm um, impressed. At first I was like, I wonder if he's just being nice about it, but I saw you sipping no, no, no. away. It's really good. I, it says it's orange flavor. I don't get any orange off it. I'm not going to I lie. don't get any orange either, but I get bitter orange. It reminds me a little bit. Um, I used to be, when I was like six years old, I used to be best friends with this guy who then moved with his family to Donegal. They're originally from Donegal. Um, and they have a, a drink, soft, soft drinks company called McDade's. And they have this drink called McDade's Football Special, mm. um, which you'll find anywhere in Donegal and then Whoa. in very, very specific places outside Donegal. It doesn't, um, it's not that wild, widely uh, sold, but it reminds me a little bit of, of that. Although it's probably a little bit better for your health than uh, McDade's football special. And I mean that in a very positive way to McDade's football special. Like, listen, <laughs> you probably shouldn't have it for breakfast, lunch and dinner. No. But, no. Uh, my God, that stuff was good oh. as a kid. Uh, oh, yeah. And they, used to, they used to have this banana-flavoured fizzy drink as well. No. And you're like, oh, that sounds disgusting. That sounds Delicious. disgusting. Uh-uh. No, no, Delicious. no. Do you, do you put, like, bananas in your smoothies and stuff? Um, well, I wouldn't have a smoothie. Why? Um, <laughs> Why? No, no, I, I just don't. Um, Are you I anti-smoothie? To, um, big time. Big anti-smoothie wow. head on me. Like, uh, like I understand not being a fanatic, but what have no, the smoothies done to you? No, no, nothing. I, I, I do enjoy a smoothie, but I just <laughs> haven't been asked to actually make them. I hate making smoothies because then you have to clean it after. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. 
and I, I've had a few different machines in my time and you go through those phases of making it yeah you start I, out but then it's hard to get a machine as you say that is quick and easy to clean and then if you're using if you're using the same thing like every day then bits of fruit start to get stuck in, in back places then you and put turmeric in it and it just stains yeah. the entire <laughs> thing I'm just like no leave mm. that yeah um, yeah I'm not I feel like I remember having a really good smoothie recipe, right? And it was like a breakfast smoothie. It was oats. It was oats, dried berries, peanut butter. And then I used to put the chia seeds in, honey. And I think depending on what I felt like, I would like top it up with milk or water. That was the recipe. And then it hit me. That that shit had so many fucking calories in it. Like, like you think you're making something really healthy, but then you're like, fuck no, mm. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. That's probably my daily intake right there. Big time. Yeah. You, I, I remember when I did, I used to have a pint of it and I'd have it. like an absolute buzz of energy for about an hour and then I'd be asleep in a bush. <laughs> Literally. Like you walk into work with your smoothie and then you just like crash down. You're better off having like five espressos. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. Five. Speaking of that, I'm going to go for a few. Uh, we'll go for a couple Cigarette of break. Rapid, <laughs> rapid fire questions. Um, favorite spot for a coffee in Dublin? Ooh, favorite spot for a coffee in Dublin. Oh, shit, man, you fucking got me there. Yeah. Weirdly enough, it's going to sound so silly. Vice. Yeah, why? I recently broke my laptop and I needed like a full setup and that's the only place that has massive tables because it's basically a restaurant and plugs is this um, am I thinking Wigwam yeah Wigwam lovely coffee amazing coffee literally just walk into Wigwam and you have vice during the day Wigwam at night yeah really really good coffee totally agree Um, favourite spot for a pint Um, I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) Theoretically. <laughs> I I love any of the brew breweries slash Galway Bay Brewery, uh, independent breweries. Yeah. So they've got Brew Dock opposite mm. Connolly Station. They've got one, I forgot where. But like, I love the chain of them. Yeah. Um, we're obviously big fans of Galway Bay here because they let us use uh, the Black Sheep. For, yeah, the Black Sheep as well. For, um, I, I love that company. The They're podcast. so good. They're so nice. They're um, so good. Such also, good. last night I had eighty the eighties baby IPA. Recommend that mm, one for anyone who's listening. Um, there were, I used to like the full sale. I used to yeah. like the Hell's Lager as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that company is amazing. Yeah, very cool. Um, I have one more for you. Favorite kind of guilty pleasure restaurant could be could be McDonald's mm-hmm. or it could be you know. Chicken wings from Elephant Castle or something like that. I don't know. Vice Pizzeria. Mm, you're the second person who've said this to me on the podcast. They're I haven't good. tried it yet. They're really good. And it's Valentine's if you want. And if you're up for it, maybe get your, treat yourselves to a really nice pizza. It's a wood fire pizza. So it's not like Papa John's style. Mm-hmm. But you're looking at around 14 euros for a fucking pizza. It's gorgeous. Mm. Amazing. It's unreal. And they send it to you classic style. They have their own drivers and stuff. Wow. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, like the good old days. Like the good old days. But you're still using Deliveroo, so you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, it. 
Deb, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you yeah. so much for coming back and, and giving us a second chance. It's a different chat this time, you know, yes. less godly, more yeah. politically. Yeah. Well, this, but there you go. I, it's always random where we end up going, <laughs> and that's, that's why I like the conversations no that we guarantee. have. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And mm. shout out we, to Almo, by the way. Shout out to Almo. Thanks, thanks, thanks Almo. Almo. He's busy, like, helping people through th- through the trees in Zipit at the moment in Wicklow. Um where and how can we listen to your podcast? So you can listen slash watch to it everywhere. It's take two, number two, with Deb Shaw. And yeah, I'm pretty much everywhere on there. And then all my socials are attached usually. Hopefully, Perfect. anyways. Yes, I will. I'll do a good job at that. Do I'll, a good I'll put job the links at that. To, uh, You're going to have to bleep me in, out a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it, was, it was quite clean, I think. Um, <laughs> My best. For the most part, yeah. <laughs> I'll try. Um, thank you for listening, guys. Um, as always, really helpful if you can give us a review or leave a rating or any of that kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, talk to you next time. Thank you so much. Ciao, ciao. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.